0: coming off of my uh one year work challenge, but uh you know I'm feeling good though. Happy happy when, to get the win.
1: So when did it end?
0: Um so it ended early Monday morning really. And it, and it wasn't necessarily an end date. It was whenever you finished. So um I think it took a total of 24 days, but every all the participants have till the end of August basically to do the distance from Buffalo to Long Island.
1: Gotcha, but you you have shit to do so you're like I gotta finish
0: yeah, yeah, no, and, and the the last week or 10 days was this crazy schedule that you would never do that type of, I mean, I was doing triples, quadruple runs for a few days, just crazy stuff you wouldn't do in a normal training cycle, but for this unique situation, this virtual race, it was kind of what I needed to do to get it done, and I probably wouldn't be able to hold that schedule for another week or so, so I'm glad it was over when it was, yeah.
1: So, um, how long did it take you?
0: Um, so, again, I think it was 24. 24- four days in total running time was right around 77 hours for the 621 miles
1: so approximately how many miles per day were you putting in
0: it was just shy of a marathon and actually took a took a, a day off so but yeah i think on average it was around 25-ish miles or something like that yeah
1: so explain let's preface the audience explain what the one new york challenge is
0: Right. So, um, it's actually put on by my friends, uh, at Leon timing. Mean, I'm pretty sure you're probably familiar with it. They have a lot of upstate New York races and their other company is uh, event management. So they put on the Syracuse path. And so because of this COVID, the situation, um, I think it was the, actually the race director of the Barclay Marathon, he, he decided to come up with a race across Tennessee and that's where they got the idea from. And that Tennessee one had 18 or 19,000 participants so they did it for race across New York. And so I actually was like, all right, you know, I'll help support it. A lot of the funds went to um, COVID relief. So it was for a good cause. And it was, you know, something to help my friends out. But, um, and again, it's a, a virtual race from, I believe it started May 15th till August, um, August, till end of August. And you have either an option to do the 500K or the 1,000K. Um, the 1,000K is, again, from um, basically Buffalo to Long Island and so it started out as just kind of a, a thing to do but it got very competitive very quickly because they, they implemented a team race as well so um so we were up on the leaderboard for the team race and i was you know hovering the top five for the individual race so i was kind of like all right i think this is going to become a little more competitive than i thought it would be and that's that's kind of how that ended up being
1: <laughs> so you didn't plan to do it in 24 days you plan like but that's no kind of yeah and
0: and so they had about 12,000 participants and I figured you know as an ultra guy and somebody who's done you know distance running for a while I figured all right maybe I can if I do 120 miles a week which is a, a pretty kind of the high end of when I would do marathon training or something I could probably win with that and the first couple of weeks I was doing that 110 120 mile range and I was again maybe in the top five so I realized after a couple of weeks that that's not going to do it and sort of got myself into a whole. So that's why the last 10 days, I had to do crazy miles to to make it up and, and get that win. And it was a lot more miles than I would have thought. But the, the strategies are very different. So mine was, again, you know, maybe one long run, two long runs a week, and then maybe double a couple times. And I thought that would be good enough. But the guys on top of the leaderboard were running four or five times a day, which it was insane to me. And they weren't long runs. They were five to seven miles, but you run five times a day, you're over 30 miles a day at that rate so then i kind of had to sort of use their strategy at the end and it's like listen two two runs a day isn't going to cut it and there were days i was doing you know triples and quadruples for that last week
1: yeah that reminds me of what you're describing of have you ever heard of the speed project no i haven't so in las vegas it's a race between it's like I, i don't know maybe over 200 mile race and it's kind of like Ragnar Relay style, except for you can shorten or lengthen the legs based on however you want. So, um, and the people that got re- get really competitive. Like I've read this, like I read the story about it, and there's like a video. And towards the end, they were so tired that like they were doing like 400 meters, 800 meters, and like <laughs> yes. because they were racing these like. Europeans and they wanted to win, but like they were just by the end they're so tired that like all they could manage was like a half a mile, and like and they yeah, would just yeah. cycle through, so that's kind of what that reminds me of a little bit and that's, that's what I
0: realized too is that normally I'd rather just bust out a twenty twenty five mile long run and be done, but the recovery time for that is a lot longer as if you did say four runs of five miles. I feel like after doing that for a day rather than just a hard twenty mile or your legs feel better just doing the short runs more of them. So uh, I kind of, you know, implemented that strategy again that last week or so just to kind of, cause my, at that point my legs, cause I think the first 300 miles I was averaging like 640 or 650 pace. And then I realized like, if I'm going to do this, and I think last week I was at I 249 miles in seven, in seven days. And at that rate, I was like, all right, I'll be happy if I could average you know, 730s or 745s, because, you know, it was all on the road, too. Very little that I do on the trail, so I kind of had to pull back in the pace, and then my body was able to at least handle the miles, because I wouldn't be able to hold, you know, 630s or 640s for a 200-plus mile week, for sure.
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah. I, I can't even do that for, the eight, for, like, the 60 miles I'm putting in, so. <laughs> um, so, why did you, so you decided to do this as, like, more of, like, a charity, and so, what, where do you work and how were you able to sort of like, hey guys, from this time, I just need to, I'm just gonna run, you know? Like, Because yeah. I mean, obviously, like you come back from a run, I'm not, you know, you're not the most efficient, especially if you're running 25 to 30 miles a day.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's the last actually since November has been a unique situation for my training. So we had um, a baby in November and I had two months of paternity leave. So that kind of opens it up. I didn't have to work and I was actually training for, hundred um, K ultra in March. But, you know, again, with the COVID stuff, everything was canceled. That race was canceled. And then I had gone back to work in March, but the day I went back to the work is the day that they implemented work from home. So that opened up a little bit more time, you know, not commuting and, and the combination of that. Plus I was getting up between again, the last two weeks of it, I was getting up between three 30 and five 30 in the morning doing maybe 15 miles and then I would help my wife get the baby up, and then before my nine o'clock meeting, I would do another maybe six miles, and then do like an evening run. So that's kind of, it was it was you know a lot of sacrifice on her part too because yeah with this, a six months old, she was kind of like all right like I'll let you do this for a week. I'll make some sacrifices. I'll, I'll kind of take care of the baby, and you know I was able to get in runs that way. And then the last hundred miles were done in basically twenty four hours. So this past Sunday, and Monday, I did like a 60 mile day and then like a 40 mile day or something like that. Um, but yeah, so the, the, the work life running combination of it all was, again, that's why I wasn't going to be able to do more than a week of it because it became it became a lot. So, um, it wouldn't be anything I'd do in a normal training cycle for sure.
1: <laughs> so, I mean, you say it very frankly, like I wake up at like three to 15, you know, so like what goes into thinking about this? I mean, like, Cause sometimes, I mean, sometimes running like a lot or even a workout, mostly workouts, like then that day I'm just on it. Like I'm efficient, but other days, like I just can't even think. And I'm really glad that I go to a job that they most, like I have instructions, like I know what to do. Mm -hmm. So, you know, when you're doing like a challenge like this, how was like the other aspect, how was working, how was, you know, trying to take care of a child and, you know, doing all those things.
0: I was certainly, I mean, and I think again, like it, it was physically tiring, but I think it was more not like my legs or body retires. I, you know, I needed some naps. So I think, uh, you know, working luckily. So I work for a, um, uh, financial services company. I'm a data scientist. I do a lot of, um, computer programming and that kind of stuff. So my whole day is on the computer. So really I'm not up around. I'm just sitting right here at my desk and just doing work. So in that aspect, it was kind of, you know, I'm still resting while working and I can get through it. Um but, and luckily my, my daughter is a, you know, as a six month old, she's a very good sleeper. So I do pretty much get a full night of sleep. There's not a lot of getting up in the middle of the night. So she, you know, she was, uh, she was great there where I didn't have to worry about, you know, getting two or three hours. I can get it even, even getting up early in the morning. You know, if you go to bed at at nine o'clock, you still get a decent sleep. So, and again, it wasn't that long of a period. It was a week and a half, two weeks max. So it was something you could, you know, kind of mentally get through. And then now it's, this week's going to be a lot of, uh you know, just recovering from it all.
1: What does recovery look like for you?
0: Um, recovery is just absolutely not running. I don't really do a whole lot of cross-training. <laughs> I'm just kind of sitting around regaining the calories. I probably lost five pounds in the last week just because all those miles, you can't you consume enough calories to, to, gain, to keep all that weight on. So I'm just, you know, eating a lot and, and not running and just spending time uh, at home.
1: <laughs> do you have any other, uh like, challenges like this that
0: are gonna come up. No, I think I uh I used my my one crazy thing like this. This is this is the last time I'll probably do something this crazy. Um but I I'm planning on doing races in the fall, but again this year is kind of up in the air with what's gonna be happening. So uh I I like the altar stuff. I still like to um you know do shorter things as well. Especially so I moved from Syracuse to I live in Charlotte now um two years ago and during the summer here I realized it's very hard to train long stuff. I mean, there's there's you know months where it's in the 90s, 100 degrees, and just crazy hot to do 20, 30 mile long runs. So I feel like now my schedule is summertime drop down, maybe do some 5k, 10k training, and then once the fall hits, the fall here through January, I mean, it's perfect. It's 40 degrees, there's no snow, and that's the great time to get in a really good you know like ultra shape. I think is through through the winter. But um, but again, yeah, I hope to do. Um, you know, maybe an, the good thing about the altars, the ones those might be the ones that come back first because there's not as many participants. So I'm hoping maybe a JFK will be open. I could possibly do that or um or uh you know, even a road marathon, like a smaller road marathon or something. But again, I haven't signed up for anything yet because it's still up in the air what's gonna be available.
1: Yeah, I feel similarly, but uh I have to say that it's actually the exact opposite for me with training. Like the winter sucks. I can't, I don't like training for long things in the winter. Like I like doing the short stuff because it's so cold and like, yeah. yeah. And then also I just don't want to spend like hours on the treadmill. Um, so maybe Charlotte's like the way for me to go. Like, I, I mean, cause I'm a hot weather runner. I'm okay with it. So, maybe yeah. you know, you're selling yeah, it. And I, and
0: I kind of the opposite. I am not like hot weather's like my night. Like I, I would rather like when I ran Tom said a few times, I think the last time I ran it, it was like two degrees. And that was my 50 KPR. Like it it was, it was just, you know, I just run better in the colder weather. And again, Charlotte, you know, again, I, I've been in Syracuse for, you know, my whole life. And so I know what those winters are like. And luckily we were able to get into some indoor tracks um, and that kind of stuff throughout the winter. But, um, but here, like I said, I mean, it was four or five months of just, you know, 35 to 50 degrees through January and February, no snow um, and absolutely perfect. But the summertime is, I mean, I can't even like if I go for eight mile run, ten mile run down here, I can go through. I I carry hand bottles with me for eight mile runs, and that's how that's how crazy hot and humid is, which I would never do in New York. Yeah,
1: yeah, I can't remember the last time I took a handheld on them. <laughs> that just might be my preparation, but also you know, yeah. it's like, it's like you'll survive. <laughs> so um, you are from Syracuse, and I was looking at your ultra sign up, and you won Green Lakes in two thousand seventeen. Uh, i did uh, i
0: actually got my i got my uh i brought my trophy down from upstairs
1: yeah i was gonna ask um so wait let me see that okay so this is so strange so my like my trophy last year i won outright and they had a first overall women's and then a first overall. Like the overall men didn't say men. So I got two trophies. Oh. And <laughs> yeah, and
0: then you show them, and you're like, well, I'll just win the whole thing, right? Yeah,
1: they, well, they turned it into, <laughs> yeah. that's very funny that they used to say men's. Yeah, because was now 2017, and then I got,
0: yeah, I got the other one, is I, I actually had, I got the course record the year I did it. So they gave me this too. It's like a yeah. map of the course, and then the course record there. But that's funny. But,
1: yeah, I was gonna but, ask yeah, well, I like your you know, trophy.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, these Green Lakes, I lived in Manliest when I lived in New York. So Green Lakes, I would train there. I mean, even when I was younger, like, you know, 12, 13 years old, when I started running, I was always at Green Lakes. And I mean, I know that, you know, all the trails there and stuff. So I love that course. And it's, it's more of a course that suits me I'm not like super into the really technical stuff but it has a good combination of the flat canal or the flat um, lakes and then a little bit of climbing and then the flat up top so yeah it's kind of like my preferred type of course is something like that
1: yeah no I like it too I like how I'm able to like pass like a bunch of people when you're running like I, cuz I just run up that thing cuz I'm like yeah. it's only like n- like not that far so like if you get up and then you know you're just going to be rolling for a little while right. i just run up it and like i pass so many people that's actually where i pass like the la- like the front two men it's like on mm-hmm. like on those things and then yeah then it's yeah. pretty pretty nice up there as long as it's not windy and yeah it's a great course
0: right yeah and that's the thing is like you know i like the altered distances but for some reason every race director feels like even though it's like 50 miles we also have to make a crazy elevation and so i like the distance i'm not a super fan of the climbing which some people usually associate it with like oh you're an ultra runner you must love hills and it's like not the case for me i like running far distances but the climbing is not my strong suit so um that's why i think i actually prefer now to really train more on the road and look forward to more road ultras and stuff like that
1: i'm very similar um i i don't mind climbing as much as i'm not a very good technical runner so i yeah, mean living big. in ithaca i run up hills like every day like my mm-hmm. normal runs have like a thousand feet of game of you know i have mm-hmm. to stay in one area to do a workout because that's the only flat area like um yeah. so i don't mind that it's more the technical so uh and also like i don't like walking or hiking i'd rather run the whole time So uh that's yeah, yeah, I prefer just like the flat, like JFK, I make it through the A T and then just cruise on that canal path. It's great. Mm -hmm. Uh no, I definitely and I also love to train on the road. Like it's just it's nice and yeah, and I like I think for
0: someone like you or me who I'm sure, you know, like working people, access to trails is not an easy thing. Let's you know, for instance, um, you know, Zach Miller, right? He lives on Pikes Peak. He can train all day. And it's for me to be competitive. It's more of a, well, if I want to be competitive in the trails, I have to drive to a trail. And that's even more time in my day I have to take out just to get to the trails. And then it takes you two hours sometimes to do 10 miles. So just, you know, in terms of being practical, I can get out my door and I can run on the roads and I can get in 20 miles pretty quickly. So I think that really suits, you know, my lifestyle better is training for an ultra and the road I can be more competitive just because, in you know, somebody who's working in it as a kid, that kind of stuff that you can you can get in the miles a lot more conveniently when you're just, you know, on the roads rather than having to find a crazy trail somewhere.
1: And I also, I prefer doing speed work. Like I like two mm-hmm. workouts a week and yeah. it's, I like it. I think it keeps me sharp. It breaks up the week. And I'm not the biggest fan of just like, you know, slow, easy miles all the time. I'm like, no, let's go fast. Let's do something, yeah. you know, a little bit of lactic acid burn, you know, not, never heard yeah, of and it's
0: me. all. It also makes it easier too when I do want to drop down and do a half or do a full. If I'm doing nine ten minute miles on the trails for six or eight months, and then all of a sudden I try to do a marathon build up, my legs are like, "What the hell is this five thirty pace you're trying to run?" Like, so even on the roads, if I'm doing a, you know alter training, I'm still hitting you know six thirties and and I'll throw in maybe a ten mile tempo, you know the five five thirty range or something like that. So you still keep that. Um, you know that fast twitch kind of stuff in your legs if you want to do drop it down after uh, like an ultra cycle or something like that
1: I also find that I'm less beat up it's weird Mm -hmm. like uh if I were to do like 10 miles just easy um and just all my mileage is easy rather than like two days a week do like some faster stuff I find that my legs actually like feel better and like they're not as like you know, I don't feel the 80 mile week as much if it was all like easy mileage versus if it was like some harder stuff.
0: Yeah. And then I also find too, like for instance, this, this challenge I did, I was on the roads most of the time, but the day I went to, I did like one or two trail runs just to get a little bit of soft surface. And the day after that trail run is the day I had to take off because you, you lose, you use all those kind of stabilizer muscles and stuff you don't use a lot on the road and that one trail run just triggered something in my back and I like couldn't move for a day so I was like forget this I'm not going back on the trails because I had to take a whole day off and again I had to make up for it so sometimes when I'm off the trail for a while and I jump back on it it just you know it triggers something you know little muscles that you don't use when you're just on the flat road for sure especially the technical stuff
1: I think there's a psychology component too like uh you on your on the road you know your loop you know where you're going you know like basically how long it's going to take you and there's some sort of comfort in that especially when you're trying to do something as hard as what you were doing um yeah. i think that definitely probably played into it too
0: mm-hmm. yeah absolutely yeah you kind of know your routine and and uh you know and i'm not very routine like um uh, kind of metronome that's kind of like how i, I role and then that's again why I like being on the roads because you can be very consistent with your splits and I know all right or I can tell my wife hey I'll be back in an hour and 10 minutes and I could be one or two minutes off if I say I'm doing 10 miles on the trail I might be back in an hour and a half or four hours I don't know <laughs> so you, you kind of know you know if you've got a schedule throughout the day if you're on the roads you can get it done get a 10 mile in in, in an hour or something like that
1: do you see so you do have like mileage goals rather than like time goals so I, what um, I mean is like, so for our, like our coach will say like, instead of saying like eight miles easy, he'll be like 60 to 70 minutes easy.
0: Yeah. And I know there's, there's, you know, people on both sides of it and I'm yeah. definitely a mileage guy. For some reason, I just, I, I think, you know, cause again, I just in my mind. I'm like, well, if I put 90 minutes down, well, if I walk around the mall for 90 minutes it doesn't mean I got any, any better shape. Right. So the mileage really means like I actually did the work. Whereas if I'm just trotting around for 90 minutes, it's hard to gauge as to, well, you know, what did I really get in? So, um, and again, I mean, I'm sure there's good arguments on both sides, but I just happen to be in the crowd that does the, the mileage over the time. That's just my preference, you know.
1: Gotcha, gotcha. So let's, uh, so how long, you said you've been running since you were 12 or 13, so you started running in middle school?
0: Yeah, it's basically the modified, like the sixth or seventh grade, and I really started because... Um, I just kind of jogged with my parents and do a 5k here and there. And then, um, my brother who's six years older, I sort of modeled my athletics He did cross country and, and that kind of stuff. So I sort of got into it again in the sixth or seventh grade and then just worked my way up. I only did, um, actually cross country and all the way through high school. So I just ran, um, in the fall season and then actually my main sport, I was a wrestler for 12 years. So I did that in the winter. And then in the springtime, I played tennis. So I really didn't run all year round until I got to college. But I really realized that um, after doing cross country and stuff, I would, again, go into the wrestling and tennis season. And then I would run a lot of summer road races. So I'd do stuff like the Utica Boilermaker in high school. And going into college, I, had to, I wanted to do a sport. And I was like, you know, which one is going to fit, you know, what I want to do um in college and, and, and kind of the aspirations I have. And I realized that running was the one sport I didn't think I really hit my potential at. And also that's a sport you can do by yourself. You don't need somebody else to, you know, to, to practice or to train with. And so that's why I chose to be running in college. And I always knew that I was gonna be a distance guy because like I said, I do the boilermaker and stuff and I would race against guys who just finished outdoor track season. When I was coming off of tennis season, and I would, you know, beat these four twenty milers in a 15k road race coming off of a tennis season. I'm like, man, like I think I just have a natural ability to endure these long, you know, longer races, even though I don't have a whole lot of um, you know, eight hundred meter speed or something like that. So I think that's sort of why I made the decision to to run full time in college. And then obviously afterwards, now I'm um, you know, 10 years later I'm still doing it.
1: Have you ever read David Ipstein's book Range? I haven't, no. So it basically talks about how um statistically speaking kids that grow up not being forced to do one thing and dabbling in a bunch of different things actually are more likely to succeed in one area so it kind of actually makes sense to me that you did wrestling and tennis and cross country um, uh, but then just in college like I picked something that you liked and also you found that you were good at but um and also I played volleyball and basketball in high school. I didn't mm-hmm. run. So, um, it just, you know, I think increasing the, your, I don't you know, like, uh, improving as an athlete in all areas helps, right. helps for running indefinitely. For sure. And I
0: think like, um, and I talk about all the time when I'm runs with people and I think it's just like, it's a burnout thing, right? So somebody who runs three seasons and I'll see people who are, You know, even some 14-minute guys, I'm like, why do they quit at 22 or 23? Like, they're they're so talented. They can make a lot of money on the roads. They can maybe go pro in the marathon. And they're just like, I'm just just burnt out. Like, I've run for, you know, a decade or more, and I'm just – my body just doesn't take it anymore. And and another thing is is I think doing other sports, like wrestling, for instance, is maybe the toughest thing I've done mentally – I think I can attribute a lot of my success at the ultra to doing another sport of wrestling. Cause it just mentally makes you so tough And you think about like the stuff you endure there and you're like, well, I can do this. So I think it's just a, you know, a mental game too, where you, you gain more than just kind of the, you know, the, the physical aspects of running a lot, but you've gained other mental, you know, toughness from other sports. And I think the combination that has been able to give me the kind of longevity I have.
1: Where did you run in college? Where did you go to college?
0: So my first year, I went to the University of Delaware. And unfortunately in college, I just played with injuries. I had a stress fracture all three seasons at Delaware and I actually transferred to Binghamton. So I Why ran. do you
1: think you got the stress fracture?
0: Just because I think the problem was is so Delaware is a division one program. Um, and for me, going from a one season, you know, high school career just cross-country, to going into running three seasons and the and kind of the leading the summer mileage leading up to my first freshman year. Um, I think we're probably hitting seventy or 80 miles, which isn't a ton, but for somebody who just ran one season in high school, it was just, um, you know, an immediate stress fracture in, in my tibia. And that just led to an indoor upper season. And then, so I just didn't have a great experience at Delaware that first year, you know, with running and everything else. And then I to transferred to Binghamton and there again, I think I got a little bit more used to the mileage, but It just took me basically to the end of my college career for my body to be like, all right, like we understand, you know, that you're trying 90 miles a week now and then no more injuries. So I think I had two um, stress fractures in my tibia throughout college, one in my femur and then like a metatarsal stress reaction. So it was pretty much every year I had something pretty major where I was out for six to 10 weeks. And so it was a constant kind of flow of I got into shape, you know, got a stress fracture, And then never really hit my potential because once I would get into PR shape, I'd almost have an injury and then have to rebuild back up again. So that's why I still like to hit shorter stuff on the road and try to get the track races if I can, because my PRs, I think, are pretty weak in the shorter stuff because I was never able to really meet my potential in college where you usually race those kind of distances.
1: Um, Did it not just occur to your coaches like maybe we should keep this kid at 50 miles a week?
0: I don't know. And I think that, that might be the problem too with doing division one programs because I was never a a top, you know, seven guy. And so it, and they really in college, I think cater to, you know, we have really good milers and, and, and 5k guys. And I was always, you know, want to be a 10k guy and stuff. So I just think, you know, I don't want to say my coaches didn't really like pay attention to me, but I think it was, you know, it was just something that they weren't, you know, overly concerned about and so uh it just you know and i think again my my body just was really injury prone but the only way i could be in shape was do the high mileage It was kind of like well if i do 50 miles a week i'm not going to pr but if i do 90 miles a week i'm going to get an injury so it's trying to find that balance between the two
1: well there's a 40 mile range in there that you had to work with yeah
0: yeah yeah. so and, and then now i think you know back then i didn't you know i didn't know anything about really training that much and so if it was me now I'd probably be able to self-coach myself to understand like how to balance it but back then I was just like all right do it, coach tells you and, and you know and whatever happens happens I guess <laughs> that's true
1: well I mean you kept running after college did you take a break at all or did you just keep running
0: um no I mean the longest break I, I've taken was you know I didn't have I haven't had any injuries really more than minor things for maybe a week since college so it's been you know. It's been a decade, and I I think, again, the biggest breaks I've taken were just after marathons or altars. I'll take, you know, a couple weeks off. But um, right after college, I got um, a message from the heiresses, the guys uh, they coach, the Stoughton Racing team. So I ran for Stoughton Racing in Syracuse for three or four years right after college, and then went immediately from, you know, the college – Track stuff to half marathon, marathon training. So that's when I got into the, the longer road stuff, um, and ran for them. So about twenty fourteen, and after that was kind of when I actually got into the ultra thing. Twenty fourteen was when I planned on doing my first ultra, which was JFK, which is actually a funny story. So um, I know you you were mentioned, I think, in your email about uh, how I got into it and. I trained with um, Jared Burdick and Fred Jocelyn, which I'm sure you're familiar with them. And they're my, my best friends. We were in each other's weddings and stuff like that. So they started doing ultras in that 2013, 2014 range. And they've had, obviously, great success with it. And knowing my ability, every time I jumped up in a distance from, you know, 10K to half, half the full, I kind of got more competitive. So I'm like, you know what? Like maybe the ultra will be where I can be super competitive. So I signed up for JFK in 2014. Drove down there I think I went with my wife and my mom and the night before the race, we went out to dinner and my mom and I both got food poisoning. So I was down to Maryland, ready to run JFK. It's like four in the morning. And I'm like throwing up. The race is in a few hours and I'm like, there's like, I can't even like get out of the bed right now. So we just ended up sleeping in and drove all the way back home to New York. And then I was like, all right, like next year I'm doing JFK. So finally 2015, the year after I did my first ultra, um, and it actually jumped from my, you know, the previous furthest distance I run was a marathon. So I pretty much doubled my distance and, you know, one go and it had decent success. I think I was sixth at JFK. Me and Michael Warding were battling it out. I remember at the end, and I remember the one thing in my mind was like the race director there doesn't, didn't really get comp entries or he told me he didn't. And so I paid, you know, the 200 bucks to get in and he's like, but if you get the top six, you'll get your money back and you'll get a hundred bucks. So right. Plus, they right.
1: don't do that anymore. They really? don't No. And I was upset because uh-huh. I paid $250. I got yeah. third. I won $400. But, and then right. when I emailed the race director, I was like, last year, like the last time you told me like, cause like in 2018, I did it and I had a horrible race, but he said that if I got top 10 you you get reimbursed, and, like, 250 bucks mm-hmm. is a lot of money. So, of yeah. course, like, uh, like, I'm happy that I got third because it was, like, a very interesting race. But I was like, oh, and I get comped. And then I email, oh, no, we don't do that anymore. And I was like, so <laughs> I, I won $150. Let's be real here.
0: Right. Exactly. Yeah. So, I remember in the back of my mind, Michael Wardian and I – because I think sixth place gets money. And I was going back in fifth and sixth, so Michael Wardian. I remember asking him, like, how far is the guy behind us? And he's like, oh, he's not there. So I'm like, all right, like, I'm going to get my money – or I'm going to get my, my 100 bucks plus my $200 back. And that was my motivation because I think I bonked at about 38 miles, and the last 10 or 12 were brutal. And I was, like, just kept looking back. And um, luckily, yeah, luckily I made it. And, you know, and then from there I just uh, kept, kept getting more and more confident with the training. I never understood fueling in ultras. I think in JFK I took maybe – handful m and and that was about it so you know and then in the last few years I've really gotten better with understanding that fueling is sometimes the most important part of these longer races and you know I've been able to practice that more and more
1: yeah um my coming off of marathon training and then basically taking a month and a half off and all of a sudden I'm like oh yeah I forgot I signed up for JFK <laughs> oh, I like the leg my wheels fell off at the marathon distance and then it was like yeah. a plug and chug till the end
0: yeah, well, I think the problem with JFK is that you get so antsy on the trail just to start like moving, is that it's about 15, right, you get off the trail, and I think I went from running, you know, seven thirty-eight minute miles to running, I think I probably dropped a couple sub-six the first few miles on the canal, and I felt good, but I paid for that later for sure, because I just, the same effort ended up being six-minute pace, and I, and I was just like, you know, I couldn't tell myself you're getting ahead, and and again, 35 miles down the road, I was like, yep, yeah, shouldn't have dropped <laughs> this point. Yeah,
1: yeah. I was yeah. like, oh, this isn't so bad. I can do this, and then, like, yeah. right, it was, like, at mile 26. I was like, nope. Yeah. <laughs> so. Um, so, looking at your ultra sign-up, you don't race too frequently. Like, you have a couple comp sets, and so, am I reading the wrong ultra sign-up, or do you just do, like, one race year? Well, here? I
0: think there's a couple things to that. One is I had a few dns which i don't think show up there so <laughs> um but i think in the last few years i did um so in 2018 is when i moved down here the week before i moved down here is when um so when i won um actually got my Cuba trails my kuga trails 50 uh black oh, year
1: first dude. so when yeah. i went
0: when i won Cuba trails that's when i qualified for the world team so i won kuga in 2017 um and i yeah i did tom said that year and then 2018 the whole first half of the year was prepping for the world champs, which was in Spain. So in May of 2018, I ran the world champs in Spain. Um, and then I moved to Charlotte. And then from there on, I don't think I did an ultra until the next year. I did the Charlotte marathon and, and I kind of got off. That's when I really got off the trails a lot. Cause again, I moved down here. I don't have a lot, a lot of access to the trails. I'm, you know, just the suburb of Charlotte. So there's mostly just sidewalks and, you know, greenways, and, um, but then in the beginning of 2019, last year, I was prepping to do uh, Mad City 100K because I thought if I won Mad City 100K, that would qualify me for the 2020 World Team, which ended up not being true. But either way, I was in great shape getting ready for Mad City. I think I did a 40 miler at like 612 pace, which is the American record is 613 pace. So I'm like, shit, I ran 40 miles at the American record in training on some random road and went to uh, Mad City really confident. Again, got pretty ahead of myself. I think I was running, again, the American record pace for about 70K, and then dropped out of Mad City. So I did technically race last year, but when I dropped out, it doesn't show up in alter in, uh, in sign-up, and then again, and then 2019 last year, I did um, some more marathon training, and then going into 2020, like I said, this year I had another plans to do a road 100K, was in great shape, And that was going to be in March again, right in uh, Tennessee, and it got canceled. So I've really prepped for these races, but either I've DNSed or they've been canceled. So on paper, it doesn't look like I really raced a whole lot, you know
1: yeah i've been doing workouts and following a training plan like written to me by our coach that got me to the olympic trials so Mm -hmm. um but i'm not really jazzed by like virtual races but i'm still training because i like training and also i'm like i am like put some fitness in the tank for next time because i'm optimistic that maybe races will come back not signing up for anything but you know and that's Mm -hmm. just fun yeah
0: and your body's going to remember those miles you put in right they're not going to go to waste even if you don't race i mean that's kind of my theory so I put in these giant miles for this somewhat pointless virtual race. I mean it was fun. But again, and it's like I'm I was so amped up for that hundred K, which I wanted to use again to qualify for the 2020 world team, which they canceled that, which is in September, which was kind of upsetting because it's in September and they canceled it like, I don't know, in April. So I was like, you yeah, know, all right. So but I was so competitive and so ready to go that I just needed something to to do. And yeah, so yeah. that's why I think I got a little bit over over competitive with this virtual thing sure. um yeah but again i think my body's gonna remember those miles in the fall when i start training for something else so, definitely so yeah.
1: yeah um in the beginning of quarantine my like friend amelia and i took up took uh participated in the backyard quarantine ultra i mean we had a cap at 40 miles yeah. but i definitely understand what you mean about like how doing like five miles four times a day is like a lot easier than just like 20 straight miles, because I felt like I could have kept going for, like, ever, but I didn't want to get injured, and this was just a fundraiser, Mm -hmm. so, um, yeah, no, I I completely understand what you mean about, like, it's a lot easier to do it that way, like, you know, pace yourself throughout the day.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure, and I think I was, like, wasn't really paying attention to my weekly mileage, and then I realized I ran 249 miles in seven days, because I was just taking one day at a time, and I'm, like, there was no way I could have done that, even doubling, so, I think, yeah, for sure, I think that's proof that your body's able to recover. Even the few hours in between, you know, you can recover. And again, the pace slowed down, but I definitely answer through true statement.
1: And now you're resting, which is lovely to yeah. hear because, you know, it's like, you can, you the only stories you hear are like the Mike Wardians and the people that like, yeah, I did this. And now I'm like, going to the CrossFit gym. It's like, it's like, actually, you know, after like that 40 miler, Amelia and I took like the next two weeks off. We're like, (laughs)
0: yeah,
1: I mean, it's just like, I mean, it's, it's hard to like being injured during this time would just suck. So Mm. I mean, you gotta have something to do. Right. For sure. So, um, to close out the interview, I just want to give people, um, a place to find you online, like an Instagram, or if you have a website, or you know, um, just yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah, I mean, most of my handles I think are just at Chris Raleigh um, or C Raleigh88 is Instagram. Um, I'm really not active on Twitter. I think I have a Twitter, but um, and then you know, I'm on Facebook and Strava. So, you know, Chris Raleigh, there's not, luckily, there's not a whole lot of Chris Raleighs. there might be one or two that you might find, but typically I'll have like a running profile or something or picture. But, um, but yeah, C Raleigh88 and Instagram facebook and um you know linkedin too if you want that but,
1: cool do you uh win anything for your 1000k challenge i
0: don't know i know i get a participant medal and a shirt but yeah it's the pride it's just you know you know representing upstate new york <laughs>
1: yeah yeah
0: yeah because well, i mean there I think... were literally people from germany all over the world with 12,000 participants so you know i felt kind of the need to be like all right this is a central new york put on race and it's through new york I live in Charlotte now, but, you know, in in my heart, I'm a, I'm a central New York guy. So I felt like, I felt like I had to kind of win it for them. (laughs) Yeah.
1: You know, it's, uh, I'm really glad you picked this one instead of the Tennessee one. Um, and I, like, they're both fine, but like 19,000 people and that's like $60 a pop. That's so much money. Like, I don't know what he's doing with it, but like, I mean, just going from like Barclay, where it's like, give me a license plate and a dollar to like six, like, like a lot of people. Yeah, and
0: that's, I think a lot of people caught on to this. And there are a lot of other states that are in Pennsylvania because, you know, there's no upfront costs. There's no police you have to have to do, you know, like any sort of intersection. So the upfront costs are very small. And so when people pay 60 bucks a pop, yeah, there's a lot of money to be made. So I'd be interested to see if after all the quarantine ends, if this is still a thing next year. Um, or if people are like, nah, like there's real races to do, and you know the yeah. virtual stuff was a one, one and done kind of thing. So yeah, I mean,
1: just, I don't, I just don't get jazzed for virtual. That's like I, yeah, yeah. The, like what I like about racing is like the community. So yeah. I, I, was, I run alone all the time. I'd rather go and spend my money to hang out with people. Yeah, no, I don't think I would
0: ever do a virtual race other than this very unique situation. And and again, it was frustrating just with the way it played out because you have to look at the leaderboard and be like, all right, by the end of the day, like what did this guy do when you're racing someone, you're next to them. And i like, I'll just cover their move right at that moment. Yeah. But, and that was my fear is, you know, I was behind going into the last day and I'm like, all right, well, then I'm just going to log at the very end of the day and kind of get up early and finish it off early in the morning before they have time to react. So it's a very different strategy when you're doing something like this. So, but again, it's I don't think I would like do Like midnight
1: mile. What's that? Sneak attack, midnight miles.
0: Yeah, it honestly wasn't like a sit and kick 100K. That's really yeah. what it ended up being, which is kind of funny. Yeah,
1: Yeah. Uh, speed project, though. I think, you know, I'll, I'll put you on my team. I think that'd be a great, like, yeah. I have this vision of going to Vegas and doing the speed project, and I've got a couple of people that I'm like, this would be awesome
0: yeah i love vegas too so it'd be fun to do <laughs>
1: cool well thank you so much for talking to me this morning chris and uh happy recovery and uh thanks. talk to you see you online see you out there
0: yeah sounds good all right thanks a lot.